0: Welcome to Meet the Pressers. My name is Clint Macro, and this is my esteemed co-host, Matthew Mallory. Meet the Pressers is a safe place for trigger pressers, people that like to exercise their Second Amendment rights, to get together, fellowship, and discuss, well, training, perhaps guns, gear, gadget, uh, the law, politics, and political activism. And we just lost our guest.
1: We did. He hung up on us. Is this something we said?
0: <laughs> and that was a good one, too. That was, that was pretty a pretty good really intro. Good, yeah. Aww. Yeah.
1: You're back. I go, was it something we said? I sent that to you. <laughs> like, damn, man, that was the quickest show we've ever
0: done. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> My fat finger hit a button. It, it was totally me.
0: All right, cool. Let's do it again. Ready? Go. Welcome to... meet the pressers with
1: matt mallory and clint macro brought to you
0: by public safety and education and the trigger pressers union and now your hosts
3: This episode is brought to you by Mantis. Mantis X helps shooters suck less. Meet the Pressers is sponsored by Next Level Training, Sabre Red, Cutting Edge Bullets, the USCCA, McLean Corporation, ASP, Custom Poker Chip Company, Common Sense Self-Defense, and T1 Ammunition. Meet the Pressers is also generously supported by these fine companies, ranges, and our Patreon members. Thank you,
1: Brandon, a Marine. Once a Marine, always a Marine. Law enforcement, fellow brother in blue down there in Louisiana. Director and owner of St. Bernard Indoor Shooting Range, and no, no attack. Did I say that right?
2: Close enough. Close, Close enough.
1: No attack. Uh, veteran training program, which we're definitely going to get into today. Uh, anything we missed tell us more about yourself what trips your trigger
2: uh you pretty much got it man a little bit of law enforcement military some private contracting um I own an indoor range and gun store we recently had an outdoor range we're kind of in the process of relocating that um <clears throat> got my hands on a couple other projects and things in the industry but uh kind of grew up shooting with my my, my father it was kind of one of the the main and only kind of things we did together and um uh, graduated high school at six o'clock at night on a Friday and uh, six o'clock the next morning on Saturday I was uh, on a plane to San Diego for boot camp and I kind of mm-hmm. started my, my role in that I've kind of always been on one, uh, actually I've always been on both sides of that fence, law enforcement and the military to some degree since then so uh, and then around 2007-ish I started kind of more of a full-time role kind of doing training here locally, started off doing Louisiana can still hang on permit type classes, and defensive classes and stuff, and then um, did some training with some other organizations across the country and uh, did a year overseas as a, as a trainer for a private military contractor and just a little bit of everything. I'm kinda, I kind I tend to try to be more of a, of a jack of all trades, master of none kind of guy. When I was in the Marine Corps, at my last few years was September 11th timeframe. And one of the reasons I ended up being a, a military contractor because I never deployed as a Marine. Because what I did, I was also in a training role in the military. In the Marine Corps, I was on the Marine Corps Rifle and Pistol team. And one of our kind of collateral mm-hmm. duties was we trained. We were firearm instructor trainers. We taught the primary marshal instructor course. So when it came time for all these reserve units to mobilize, rather than mobilizing, I was one of the guys that trained, spun the guys up that were mobilizing. So mm-hmm. um, I kind of always felt like I sat the bench. You know, It's like being on a Super Bowl team and everybody plays, and you're like, I was there, but I didn't really play. So I kind of got to sow my oats, so to speak, as a contractor.
0: Part of being a family first responder is having the ability to respond. It's difficult to do if you're sick. Wash your hands. Wash your hands often. Avoid unnecessary contact with your face. Advise your family to do the same thing. Stay healthy. Stay safe. Meet the Pressers.
1: So tell us more about your uh, your vet training program, your veteran training program that you have.
2: Yeah, so um, I, since I opened the indoor range in uh, 2014, I've hired predominantly veterans. And to be quite honest, it was a, it was a selfish decision because um, I'm fortunate that I'm very self-aware of myself in regards to, I know what my strengths are and I'm very aware of what my weaknesses are. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I like to think I'm a pretty good leader and a good guy to work for, but at the same time, I know sometimes my ways can be difficult for some. So uh, I, I recognized early on that people that I share kind of a military background with would probably have a better chance to kind of understand my leadership style and that while I try to be very kind of friendly and and and, and like that, also when time is of the essence, I could be like, hey, go go grab that. And right. for some people who weren't used to that background, that could come off as disrespectful or whatever, I, ain't nobody got time for that. So- it's, you know, people that kind of speak my language, I realize that. Well, and I just like being around veterans. I have stuff in common with them and it's just a kind of mindset thing. So through the course of that, what I found was uh, my business ended up kind of serving as a, I call it like a transitional space. So a lot of these guys and girls coming out were kind of in the same boat where they went in the military right after high school. They are not necessarily used to dealing with quote unquote normal people. And they don't understand that people won't do things just because you told them. People will question everything. So just those you know. general social aspects. So my business, because it's a retail establishment, allow them to be in an environment surrounded by people they were comfortable with, but also forced to get to the edge of that comfort zone mm. to interact with the public. That's good. Basically, what it is, is it's um, it's creating vocational programs for anyone. We call it the Nolotec Veterans Training Program because that's who we market it to predominantly but it's available to anyone. Uh, and in fact, we need and want people that are not veterans in it. Um, one for the, the legal aspects of how the program works and then two, just again to, to push that homogenization with people who've gotten approval from the VA to accept GI Bill uh, benefits for payment for these programs. That's great. So what, the two first two programs we have approved, um, one is a three month security guard academy. So in the state of Louisiana where I'm at, Uh, To be an armed security guard, it takes a whopping 24 hours of training. This is a 270-hour academy modeled after a police academy that prepares a graduate to either start their own security company or obviously come out at a much higher supervisory level. Um, And then they come to class two days a week for three months. Um, All of our programs have a core six-week business school. That was another thing I saw lacking. That's awesome. these guys will come and they get a big stack of instructor certificates, but had no idea how to start an LLC or insurance or like, yep. and yeah, that's,
0: that, that's definitely an aspect that's lacking on, on pretty much every type of instructor development and training, whether it be law enforcement, military or, or civilian. People they 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 even have clients sometimes they just don't know how to service them and do that nuts and bolts businessy stuff.
2: And it's all the stuff that you know, someone like me who now owns my own facility and you know runs a training company with different facets. I had to figure that out and I failed and it cost me money and contracts mm-hmm. and ego. And all. So so basically, it's distilling my and my peers' mistakes into a class is really what it is. So That's awesome. Um, you know, like they don't even know about resources like Fiverr and like, how do I get a logo made? Or we were joking WordPress. earlier before we went live about URLs. Like what you name your company isn't just about how cool it is or what it means to you. There's right. business implications. Is that URL available? You know, is it going to dog you on keywords if you try to do Facebook? All that plays into yeah. what you decide to call your business. And yeah. I didn't know that. Ten plus years ago, when I started Novatech, like I didn't think of that. Didn't it well, exist? Even didn't
1: on the this? even on the flip side of that, if you pick out a domain name prior and then you go to get a DBA or an LLC, you might not be able to get the matching one.
2: Yeah, do you want to get an LLC? Do I, you know with LLC. You know, I set it up as a partnership? So right. those very basic, and it, it, it's very basic. Um, so we made that business school the core component of any program we have or develop. That six-week business school they take at some point. Think of it like a. Uh, everything we have, we are a university. We're a vocational university, and a university has colleges in it. And we have the, right now, we have the College of Firearm programs. And within that college program, within that college, we have degree programs. And we have the, basically an associate's degree in security guard. And then we have a bachelor's degree, which is our what we call the Professional Firearms Educators program. That's a six-month program, two days a week. They have all the NRA instructor certifications, all the USCCA instructor. Um, uh, Then some other ones like Archery, Hunter's Ed, there's some elective ones they can choose to take if they want to or not. Um, An extremely in-depth legal section, about five days of legal, which is more than most police academies provide. Mm -hmm. Um, 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 Three days of trauma, so they have trauma medicine, AD, CPR, blood bone pathogens, like a full medical package the six week business school, nice. um, then there's stuff like, um, there's a whole day where we just work on how to develop curriculum for people with physical that require physical adaptation. So they're missing mm-hmm. an arm. a late, you know, um, for lack like of better term handicap. So there's a whole day that deals just with mental health. So not only our mental health as providers, but interacting with students who potentially have mental health issues. Um, There's a whole block just on range um, relationships. So the problem is, is there's only a few dudes like me in a given area that hold all the assets. And and, and not to be funny, but but it's true. You mess around and get on my bad side as an instructor, you don't have access to my range. That's gonna impact your business. So how do you build those relationship Mm -hmm. partners that you have to have in the industry? So understanding how a range works. I have an indoor facility. How does your what you want to do affect my business? How do you yeah. make use of it? So all those little components roll into it, um, and I think that when they end up with uh, eighteen, I think it's a total of eighteen instructor certifications and a total of twenty-three other specific certifications. Um, and then the next two we have block to roll out is going to be uh, so that's the that's a the, that's a bachelor's degree, not a literal bachelor's degree, but it's a bachelor's degree program in being a firearms instructor. It's it's where people should start that journey. And 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 it starts to steer towards a defensive role. We put them through like a Tom Gibbons defensive handgun course. Um, You know they they have some some pretty high end defensive stuff. Dave Spaulding things like that. So um, because we know they're going to take all this stuff, but they're not going to go teach NRA muzzle loading. They're going to turn around and teach you know uh, CHP classes or their you know tactical handgun class. Well. And a lot of this started from this concept of, well, you know, instead of making fun of those kind of guys online, which we're still going to do, but instead of just making fun of them online, let's actually give them a path forward to do it right. And that's what kind of generated it. The next one is what we call our uh, professional instructor trainer program. And that's a 12-month program where you would roll into that essentially from, and that would be like a master's degree. So for the next 12 months, those guys are teaching the next four cohorts of the six-month program.
0: Oh, good. Some OTJ.
2: Right, and and yep. and as an instructor, the only way to get good at instructing is to instruct. It's Agreed. Yep. Totally. the You can read all the books, watch yep. all the videos. Yeah. Until you know the material front and back, and are comfortable right. standing in front of a very varying group of people, and you just feel comfortable in that space. Totally. You're not going to be as good as you could be, and the Absolutely. only way to do that is to do it. Yep. So even me, who owns my own facility, and 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 you know. I don't even really teach my CHP classes. Now. I have a guy that teaches my program, but we teach two. We, we're one of the top three providers in numbers in the state for concealed hanging classes, and we only teach two classes a month. Wow. So that means my full time instructor gets 24 opportunities a year to present material. That's not a lot, and he, wow. we're doing it full time. So it's a skill that degrades over time. Mm-hmm. Um, and those programs stack, probably depending on the program, between five and 10 years of experience teaching podium time into that. So when you come out, you're warmed up, you're hot, like you're, you know that stuff. And then with that master's program, it's also a little deeper dive into the background, the logistics, the planning, you know, um, just the little nuances. like, you know, I think it's really cool when students roll in and have a nice branded folder on their table, but what do those folders cost? Is the juice work? So all those little business nuances that you don't typically get into, and then kind of the crowning jewel um, is uh, what we call a defensive firearms uh, instructor program. That is an 18 month program that uh, is a, is a doctoral level program. It is, uh, they come to class two days a week, but for the first 12 months, also two weekends a month, they take, for lack of a better term, a tactical class. So any name, Mike Pannone, uh, might Tom Givens, Kyle DeFore, Kyle Lamb. I mean, anybody that's anybody that we already host for other stuff, they will go through those classes. So the first 12 months, in addition to the classroom material, they'll be taking 25 classes from 25 different instructors. So they may take four handgun classes, but it may be a handgun class from me, a handgun class from Scott Jelinski, a handgun class from uh, Dave Spalding. So the intent is to give them I call it a tactical musician course. It's a good musician is influenced by other musicians.
0: Most certainly. But if a
2: musician plays and you say he sounds just like so-and-so that's mimicking. Mm -hmm. So what we don't want to do is that we want, but we want to give them such a large breadth of exposure that they could pick. And and you can say, man, it kind of looks like what this, but I also see this. So, you know, um, that's the intent of that, and then and it's in everything: handgun, shotgun, carbine, precision, low light, force on force, combatants, driving, NVGs. I mean everything you can think of. They'll be exposed to, and then for the last six months, they dropped down to one of those classes a month, and now they're focusing on building their curriculum. They have to build a one-day and a two-day program on two different platforms. It has to be peer vetted, staff vetted. Then they have to teach it to their their peers. Then they have to from soup to nuts. I mean everything. They have to build target stands, everything, because that was all stuff I had to do.
3: Mm-hmm. I had to
2: go out there and build target stands for hours. So so they're gonna have to know all those components so they either can do it or they can appreciate paying someone else to do it. And then um, market and fill that course, keep the money, the whole night. So literally run their business. And what I tell people is, is back to that bachelor's program, we don't teach them how to run a business, they start their business. So when they're done after that first six months, they're doing it. Their business exists. So everything they do through the entirety of any of those programs, any assignments, any work, it's not hypothetical.
0: Right. It's, it's goal oriented. It's your actual business. Right. Right. So
2: all the product partners and things we bring in and stuff like that, they're going to be forced to do product ARs and reviews. One, to drive their ability to read and write technically, because some people aren't very good writers and they can't communicate well. That develops their overall communication. They're going to have to do video ARs and stuff, because if you can't get on video and do a video, right. you're not going to be very successful in front of actual human beings that can take yep. shots at you. So it's all just to develop that comfort and familiarity with doing it. And then all that is producing content for their social media that they will build through their process of that business school. So in theory, by the, if they go through all three programs at the end of that 36 months, they have three years of experience. Yeah actually 30 years of presenting crammed down into three years of experience, but they have three years of, their business has been going for three years.
0: No, that's, that's pretty brilliant, dude. It it's, is. it's like, it's three, it's on the job training and it's mentorship and it's all apprenticeship, but it's all, as you said, it's yeah. not it's hypothetical. Experiential,
2: it's experiential learning. Yeah, you have absolutely. Information, And then you will immediately apply that information and then you will immediately get feedback on that And I,
0: and I would guess too, you know, considering the vast majority of your clientele would be, not young kids, they would be adults. Being that they can recognize that the projects that they're taking on in the school is ultimately going to benefit their business, I would I would venture a guess you're getting more buy-in from the get-go than someone that's just casually taking a class. Hey, this is Rob Lambrea with Ultimate Training Munitions and I'm here with Matt and Clint with Meet the Pressers. Meet the Pressers.
2: Military educational benefits are one of the very few true entitlements. Like you are entitled to that. You earned it. It's yours. It's owed to you. Um, And what I was seeing was unfortunately, most of them coming out have some level of disability. I I've seen enough veterans come through my business. I mean, I've had multiple females that were victims of sexual abuse in the military. I've had guys with bullshit to legit PTSD. So, like, I've seen kind of the gamut of some of the problems that that people can have. And some of it's just general, I'm young and don't quite have my head set on straight kind of stuff, right? It's just maturity issues. So, um, to be able to provide that place and and, and watch these people kind of figure out a direction and go with it is, is, I I don't know. I, I still love teaching classes, but to be quite honest, at this point, my goal is to positively influence as many people as humanly possible. And I realize that if I'm teaching classes, that that limits. But if I'm teaching other instructors now, I've just exponentially increased my ability to, to uh, as creepy as it sounds, to insert my DNA in other people. Because if I do my job right in teaching those instructors, yeah, my legacy goes through those instructors, whether they realize it or not. Oh, and
0: certainly.
1: I, that's what I get. I think at some point, too, with like, it sounds like all three of us are in that mindset of, you know, I I prefer teaching instructor courses more than I like teaching the end user courses, though I teach a lot of end user courses. I mean, to teach an instructor and know that that they're taking a piece of of you, as you say, your DNA, you know, out and, and propagating that and getting that out out there, it just you uh, know, for me, I love that. I love to see other instructors develop and then see them teach their students. That's just to me, that's yeah. Awesome. And I mean, you know, we use
2: words like uh, influence and leverage and manipulation, and lots of times you take a word like manipulation, it often has a very negative connotation. Yeah, and I think all those things are just tools. with the what is what depends is the intent of the person using it. And I have absolutely no problem using influence, leverage, and manipulation for what I consider to be, and obviously it's subjective to me, but what I consider to be positive reasons. And if I can leverage and manipulate people to do good things, I will absolutely do that because I can look back on my life and realize it. Well, I didn't realize it at the time. I was, And that's essentially what mentoring is, I believe. Part of it is is you're you're utilizing your access to that individual to mold them. You're not casting the mold. You're making the mold. It's up to them over time to cast it. But yeah. you're getting that rough shape figured out. And that's and that's you know um, you know I've had some great mentors and I've had some shitty mentors and some of the shitty ones were great ones because they were shitty and that showed me what shitty was. And you have to have a basis of comparison. It's like, yeah. so even in my basic CSP class, when I say, hey, who's, who's? this is your first concealed hangout class? And hands like, well, that's awesome. That means I'm literally the best instructor you've ever had.
0: There you go. <laughs> but I'm also
2: the worst instructor you've ever had. Mm-hmm. So, because a lot of them are going to leave and, and, and sing the praises of the class. And of course, I want them to do that from a marketing standpoint, but I'm a very realistic person. I was like, you need to understand that I know my class is legit, but, and then I'll say, who here has been to another instructor? And they raise their hand. I was like, and did you think that class was good to go and solid? And they'll be like, yeah. I was like, okay. And after nine hours from now, I want you to come up to me and give me an awesome assessment. And it's not comparing me to him, but the classes. And inevitably, like, oh, my God, yeah, I almost feel cheated now. I was like, but if you had never taken this class and you had went back to him, think of what you would have missed out on. And it's not the information I gave you you missed out on. It's the awareness of what you didn't know. And if you didn't know that in this one day class, imagine what else you don't know. Multiple. It's like an awakening, kind of almost. Well, most people are going to check the box and move on.
1: You know? And e- even with that mindset, too, like us as instructors, we take classes from other other instructors to see maybe the way that they do it different, they say it different, et cetera. So even I tell my students, I love for them to come back to me, but if they go to another instructor to get a different point of view or a different take on it, um, you know, and there's always that concern of the the quality of the training, kind of what you alluded to, but taking classes from other instructors can can definitely make you spotlight better if they are a crappy instructor yeah. but if it
2: you're also good yeah. the best thing your students can do is take and my statement is back. this hey guys i'm probably the next thing i'm gonna say i'm probably my own worst enemy in regards to marketing i would absolutely love for all of you to come back for your renewal classes and follow on training and more training um, but i'm also in the same breath going to tell you it is in your best interest to take your next class from a different instructor because that's going to do two things number one it will absolutely concrete how much better I am, and will make everything I said make sense because you realize I was right. Two, they're probably going to say the same thing I said in some ways, but with a different tone and a different yep. way that it's going to click with you that's not with me. Yeah. Um, people yeah, I mean, learn I'm differently. Only, yeah, and, and I'm always taking training, and it's everything from – you know a lot of people think once you get to a certain level, it's like, well, some people say there's no such thing as basic and advanced. I mean, that's a little bit of semantics, but – um, I always go back and take basic classes from other instructors. Like, I, I was in the first cohort of Tom Gibbons' master instructor class. I'm in the first cohort of John Correa's active self protection instructor course. I'm in the only cohort, I, I completed the only cohort of Dave Spaulding's instructor course. Those are some pretty high achievements in that little round. Yeah. But next week, I may go take, you know, you know Boudreaux and Thibodeau's one day defensive handgun classes at behind their at grandpa's house. Because they, at, at this point, there's not a whole lot of information that I haven't heard, but there's a, a an abundance of ways of presenting that information that I haven't heard.
0: A lot of training that's available, especially defensive training with a handgun, seventy percent of it's pretty much the same. With with you know, provided they're teaching something that's contextually appropriate and ethical, it's pretty much the same. So it's that other thirty percent of 30%, nuance that we can get maybe. You have a different kung fu on a reload than I do, but if it's contextually appropriate and it's ethical, cool. Maybe I'll glean something from that. And as you said, the way you express a particular concept or principle something that maybe will make that light bulb go off. I also like training with people from different backgrounds, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was actually something that uh, I hosted Dave Spalding a couple of years ago. He had a discussion about this, whereas your military guys are going to look at things differently than your law enforcement guys than versus your total civvy guys. Absolutely. And you know, there's, there's definite reasonings behind that, mm-hmm. but it's important that as end users, as our students need to recognize what that is and make sure that it works for their context on how they're using. say a defensive. I, I
2: agree hundred percent and the, the kind of the role of that too is uh, yes, those different areas all have different, Goals, different equipment available to them, different mm. training methodologies, all that stuff. It all it it, it it all depends on the on the perspective. And and you know, when I start my class and I'm actually the one teaching it, you know, I I generally start off with a pretty shocking video. I'll introduce myself and then boom, I throw up that you know instructor slide with all the bullet points on it that everybody has. And I immediately say, Hey guys, just real quick, some background on me, nothing too impressive, law enforcement military, boom, boom, boom. And then I say the only reason I put this slide up. It's not to ooh and I you because first off, you're already here. I got your money. Like I don't need to impress you with the slide. It's to give you perspective because for the next nine hours, I'm gonna have you trapped here and we to be throwing a lot of information at you. And I'm not gonna have the opportunity to individually vet and cite each thing I tell you. You're gonna kind of have to take my word on some of the things I tell you. So if I'm asking you to take my word, I believe it's relevant that you understand where did that word come from? Mm-hmm. And to that point you said. The law enforcement, the military, some things are more, I tell them, like, all this military stuff, absolutely nothing to do with the information I'm about to present to you. Nothing. It is absolutely irrelevant. 90% of the pop stuff, absolutely irrelevant. Overseas, it doesn't matter to a soccer mom at 2 o'clock in the afternoon at the Walmart parking lot trying to put her groceries in a van. Right. Irrelevant. Irrelevant. Yeah. But it does color some of the perspectives of, and the general aspect of the information. Mm-hmm. So that's why if an instructor spends more than about two minutes, literally speaking about their background, right. that's when my, my spidey senses start tingling and become, is this more about teaching me or more about convincing me about you? When it comes to instructors, I say 90% of instructors teach 90% the exact same information. The trigger is a trigger and the a line. There's just mm-hmm. no other fact. Now, I may articulate that differently, but 90% teach 90% the same information. That other 10% is typically 5% the instructor's personality. You know, uh, um, a Pat McNamara versus, you know, me. Like, just different personalities and styles when they joke. And then that other 5% is those little nuances, like Clint was saying. Like, maybe he likes a slingshot reload, not like an overhand reload, or, you know, it's like things like that, that that are just the differences. Those
0: techniques and those nuances are often linked to the previous experience and the equipment that that instructor used to use wherever in their formative years, in their professional yeah, career. Like
2: experiences in combat or, or whatever. Yeah. 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 And that's like James Jay said, I took James' tactical to pistol instructor course, and, and James said this, and I agree with it 100%. The worst person to take gunfighting advice from, which is typically not a gunfight, it's a shooter, but the worst person to take shooting advice from is a person who's been in one shooting. Yeah. Because the tendency is for them to suddenly extrapolate everything to that singular incident. Mm, the that person makes sense. who's been in zero, at right. least academically like knows yeah. there's a certain amount of theory to what they're saying. Mm-hmm. And the person who's been in two or more knows for a fact no two are the same. I say, you know, like gunfights or shootings are like pregnancies. You ask a woman who has multiple kids. Are there some similarities? Sure. But every one of those were distinct, different events with different variables that can never- forget.
0: That's that's a great analogy, man. Yeah. Very good yeah. analogy. This is Akhil Kadir.
2: And I'm Tiffany Johnson with Citizen Safety Academy, and you are watching Meet the Pressers with Clint Macro and Matt Mallory.
0: Meet the Pressers.
2: Any success that someone has can only be measured by the people they've surrounded themselves with. And that also includes failure. You know, you own parts of it, but, but everything you do and don't do is typically attributed to the influence that the probably five people around you the most have over you. So who you let in that inner circle is extremely vital. And that's what I realized is like I need people who even I don't want them to think like me because I need the things I don't have but I need them to understand the way I think. And I've been very fortunate in this. That despite my sometimes abrasive and less than tactful attitude, I have had immensely successful business partnerships uh, because number one, I am absolutely positively non-negotiably truthful. And my, my statement to, and I've had three business meetings this week with three new potential business partners for the project. And I, and everyone was saying, look, and I look at their eyes and, and anyone else that's worked with a tester is like, I cannot promise you I won't f- up. In fact, I can promise you I probably will. But I can absolutely promise you I will not f- you over. And most people take about two seconds to process that and go, okay, like they get it. Hmm. And then I'm, I fi- and then I execute that. And I I'm very transparent in everything I do and where, you know, I probably should have lost partners because of my personality, my integrity maintaining them.
0: Integrity is
2: help me grow to be better. To be quite yeah. honest.
0: Integrity is is more important in many ways than other other uh, positive aspects of people. That's for sure. absolutely
2: paramount. And I believe the cornerstone of any other character trait is absolutely tied back to integrity. Everything right. comes back to what you think, you feel, and believe, which is essentially what integrity. Is. It's
1: been great having you on. Uh, yeah, great
0: discussion, people...
1: man. Yeah, very much so. Uh, more more than I expected. I thought we we're just
2: going to talk about the vet thing, but the, the business... I told you I go on, man. You told me anything. I, I... I'm one of those guys that has an opinion about everything and has no problem telling everybody.
0: <laughs> yeah, we definitely – you and I definitely have a different style as far as presentation goes, but I think uh, we we see a lot the same way. Yeah. I, I like what you said. Be good to uh, – I
2: appreciate the opportunity to, um, to talk about the veterans thing. Just, just real quick, one thing I didn't mention about it is uh, – and it applies to you guys too. Uh, again, I, I can't stress enough, it's not just for veterans. Anyone can take it. And, of course, anyone can take the classes because as they're going through all these different – instructor-level classes, those are all offered a la carte, too. So if someone just needs to take a handful of instructor classes to kind of round out their stuff, they can jump into those classes.
1: How can people uh, find you, check you out? You can
2: Google pretty much NOLATAC and uh, probably get directed back to anything we do. Uh, we have Facebook pages for all the stuff. You know, NOLATAC is my primary training company. We have a San Bernard Indoor Shooting Center, which is our indoor range and gun store. The program is called NOLATAC Veterans Training Program. It has its own Facebook page. And then each of the programs have their own Facebook page: Professional Finance Education Program and the No Security Academy. Um, but you Google any of that stuff, or you know, not to sound too arrogant, but you can just Google me, Brandon Buffett. and I'll typically resort back to to all that stuff. Um, or of course, info at null attack it, All of the stuff comes through me. I mean, again, you can Google me or null attack and you'll get an email address or a phone number. We're pretty pretty well entrenched on um, on, on, on on online.
1: Awesome. Well, it was great yeah. having you on, man. Stay safe.
2: Thanks, guys.
0: Take care.
1: Yep. There's a lot of sponsors to make this show possible, like Mantis. Make sure you
0: check them out and give them your business.
3: This episode is brought to you by Mantis. Mantis X helps shooters suck less. Meet the Pressers is sponsored by Next Level Training, Saber Red, Cutting Edge Bullets, the USCCA, McLean Corporation, ASP, Custom Poker Chip Company, Common Sense Self-Defense, and... T1 Ammunition. Meet the Pressers is also generously supported by these fine companies, ranges, and our Patreon members. Thank you.
1: Thanks for watching the show. Make sure to like, comment, subscribe, share, click the little bell. Come on Patreon, help support us that way. Come to one of our classes or host us, we can come to you and do one of our courses at your location. So until next time, adieu.
0: Thank
2: you for watching Meet the Pressers.